Welcome to GivePod, Greater Vancouver's business podcast, unpacking the challenges and opportunities facing our region. I'm Bridget Anderson, President and CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. Attracting and retaining talent has always been a cornerstone of any successful business, but the competition for qualified candidates has never been fiercer than it is today. The labor shortage in our region has been made worse by the pandemic, and by all indications, it will continue to be one of the biggest challenges for employers. Today, I'm joined by Brent Cameron, Vancouver Office Managing Partner and Board Chair for Boyden Canada and immediate past chair of the board here at the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. Brent has spent decades working in talent assessment and recruitment, and we're going to discuss the severity of this labor shortage and how organizations can set themselves apart in the search for talent. Brent, thanks so much for joining me. A pleasure to be here, Bridget. So first of all, what are you seeing on the front lines? Just how severe is the labor shortage for businesses in our region right now? Well, and for any of the businesses listening, I won't be telling them anything they don't know, which is it's it's bad, right? If you you can pick any survey or or look it up, small businesses in BC reported sixty percent of them were were facing severe shortages, right? And across the country, you're you're seeing the same thing. And so, it's uh, certainly in my twenty plus years, haven't seen anything like it in terms of at all levels, right? Certainly at the more junior levels, it's 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 severe. But even as you climb into the more executive, where you wouldn't have seen that for a very long time. Uh, there's a real pinch and a real talent crunch right now. So at all levels, and we're seeing it, it is impacting all industries, although we'll talk about that a bit further. It's certainly not equal across all industries, but uh, everybody is experiencing uh, you know, labor shortages right now. And there's been a lot of talk about why we're seeing this labor shortage. It's complex. It's not just because of the pandemic. It's not just because of an aging labor market. What are some of the reasons behind this severe shortage? Yeah, and I've done a lot of reading on this, and, and I think there'll be there's still a lot more research to be done, Bridget, to figure out what exactly. But it is a confluence of events uh, that have have all come at the same time, right? We were demographically we were going to face a shortage, right? In in these next number of years, probably the next decade, there's just fewer people coming up, and and a lot of people moving into retirement age. So we were always going to face that, but it has been a sort of a slow, you know, it's been very gradual. Uh, COVID has has sped that up. The stats out of the United States are, are worse than Canada. There's been the great retirement in the U.S. We haven't seen quite the same numbers in Canada, but we've still seen a faster rate of retirement here than what we have been experiencing in the previous, say, five years. So, you know, the, the increased retirements, which were coming anyways, but COVID has sped it up. Um, the, the desire for change, the psychological pieces around that, uh, and just people wanting to shift up their career, their life, moving into consulting, maybe moving, you know, I mean, all the individuals that have moved out of the cities, you see, we've seen this, right. And we're seeing it in the downtown cores and we're seeing it in the, in the sort of uh, surveys of, of migration and where people are moving to. And there's been these sort of migrations out of the cities to some degree, all of these things contribute, right. They all start to add up into, you've had little to no immigration compared to normal, normal quote unquote times. So, uh, you know, factor that into it where now you've got less people coming in. We're a country that's relatively small and we're, and, and we rely on that uh, immigration to help uh, our economy grow. Uh, and that's the final point, Bridget, the economy is growing, 
right? It's a very robust economy. So you've got businesses that are trying to expand, that are trying to hire people to expand, that are building their businesses. They have the cash in some industries to do it. Um, and so you put all that in a big pot and it's a, it's a potent mix. And I think we're 12 to 18 months at least before you see any kind of uh, potential let up on that. And as you say, it's not equal across the board. There are some industries that are flourishing and doing quite well and rapidly expanding, yet others, uh, you can really see that they are dealing with the labor shortage. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about where you're seeing some of the most acute shortages, um, and are there some reasons behind that? Yeah, so I think certainly our clients, as you'd expect, it's the ones that have been hit hardest, hospitality, uh, partly because it's, it was hit hardest by the by the pandemic. And so the jobs became uncertain and people had to make different you know choices and now they're not going back, right? And that industry keeps going up and down. Uh, you know, we, you hear it from the restaurant industry for sure, uh, where kind of that, uh, that workforce has really um, disappeared in greater numbers for them and they've found other other employment or, uh, you know, the challenge, I think, if you want to put a bucket, it's the jobs that require you to be there in person, that require you in a physical space uh, on sort of a frontline work that was probably an hourly, probably minimum wage. You know, those have a lot of those work, that, that work, they've found other options. They found consulting work. They found companies that will hire them and allow them to work remotely. They've gone back to school. They've, they've made all these different sort of choices. And uh, you know, they've, they're not going back to those industries. It was such a long mm-hmm. break that they had to find other, um, you know, they found other jobs, right? And they found, and it's a robust economy. There's lots of jobs out there. And so uh, they found these other things. And so the water has started to move down a different path, if you will. And it's dried up as a result, what used to be, a, you know, those, those industries always probably had a bit of a tough time, but they had a pretty steady supply of, of people that would come into those, into those jobs. So they're really struggling uh, for sure. It's different at the executive level. Uh, you know what we're seeing there is it's the really high demand positions. So, um, as you'd imagine, human resources high high demand right now. Right, companies are are really having to look at their HR practices, their retention practices, recruitment, their just workplace. What are they doing? What are they doing with the workplace? How do people want to work? So there's a ton of pressure on HR groups. They're building those teams. They're upgrading their executive talent. They're adding to their executive talent, whatever. So there's a huge demand for HR professionals uh, and IT professionals, which were already in high demand, of course, are even more in high demand. And at the executive level, uh, that's just as much the case because companies have had to look at how do we use technology? They've had to look at it all through the pandemic, but it's altered how they're going to go forward. So they need that leadership at the top end around their digital strategies, their data strategies, their IT strategies. And so those are certainly two very hot, uh, you know, executive level roles that also that are, there's a shortage of those, you know, folks as well. So you've been recruiting talent for, I don't know, a couple of decades now. How has this impacted your job? And what are you doing differently to, to deal with all of these really complex factors? Yeah, you know, I mean, we're, um, so, at, you know, and, and different strategies, I'm sure, at different levels, and ours is at the executive level, as you say. And so, uh, you know, we've had to say to clients, first of all, um, you need to be nimble. We need to move quickly when when opportunity presents itself. Uh, you know, sort of a leisurely uh, a, a leisurely process uh, won't necessarily work in your favor, right? There's there's it's a dynamic job market. Uh, executives have lots of opportunities, so you need to be, uh, you, you know, you certainly need to move quickly. 
uh, and smartly. I think employer brand. I mean, I think our our clients that over the years have invested in in that employer brand and that that reputation and that um, you know the internal culture pieces, the um, you know all the things that help retain and ultimately recruit. I mean, it pays off in times like this, right? If you're sort of known as a as a as a great employer, if you've got some great workplace practices, if you've got the ability for flex work, and you've got some nice, you know, people are looking for. Uh, for innovative and, and front-leading companies right now, given that it's a it's a good job market, and so uh, companies that already have a bit of a brand advantage in that regard have a, have an easier time because uh, employees, you know, ascribe ascribe certain things to those to those brands, and I think others maybe struggle if they if they've been having a lot of turnover or or some negative uh, if there's been some negative pieces around their brand. So, what is it that employees? Um are looking for? What's the most important factors in deciding whether they will go work for a company? Is it about culture? And and really, that's a tough one when we're so many people are working remotely. Or is it about, you know, the values of a company? Or does it come down to salary? I think it's all. And I think it changes <laughs> a bit by demographics, right? I mean, there's no question that there's a younger demographic that places a very high premium on um, on a whole bunch of non-monetary factors as well, right? In terms of um, values of the company um, and things like that. So I, I do think it, it, it varies. It varies by individual. Uh, but but all of that's important. Um, you know, I, I find, especially as you climb up, I mean, the money's always important, but it is those other things, right? They're looking for flexibility now. It's, it's a rare client of ours that has a, a, a strict kind of policy around in the office. It's, it's usually flex now, right? Um, there's, um, and, 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 and not, not um, in a positive way, right? They've embraced it. It's not something they're sort of, it's, you know, we want to have you in the office a few days a week, but you're, you're welcome to have that flex at the other time. You know, you can go work remotely at times and, and these kind of things. And so they're, they're looking for companies that do, that do good, either they, um, the product or service that they're providing is, is uh, having a social impact or the company is, is having an impact in the community in other ways, right? And so uh, are they going to be able to be part of that and, and contributing, um, you know, contributing to the betterment of society, if you will, through what they're doing, either through the, what the company provides or because the company just is a great corporate citizen and, and does lots of great work. So they're looking at lots of things, but it's an expensive city, Bridget. So at the end of the day, money matters and we're seeing it and the you know the inflation pressure on salaries is is huge right now there's no question and uh, uh, so employers are having to be very competitive and very thoughtful on the compensation side well as you say i mean vancouver is an incredibly expensive city and when your clients are trying to fill those executive roles it becomes a, a global search so what do you tell employers um, to try and get the best talent they can yeah, I mean, it's, uh, look, Vancouver, thankfully, is is an attractive city. So in, in theory, people, it's a city, people, a lot of people have on their list that if I was to move, you know, Vancouver is one of those cities they might have penciled on that list, right? So you're, you're, or BC in general, so it could be Victoria, it could be wherever. But, you know, many BC cities would be on people's list. Uh, but let's say Vancouver for sure. And so that's that, that's a nice position to start from. Not every city gets that. And that's a real competitive advantage that Vancouver does have. It, it's known as a beautiful city. It's uh, You can be out golfing today. You can be out on the water. You can, uh, you know, all those wonderful things. So, uh, but it's expensive, but we're not the only expensive city in the world. So San Francisco is very expensive. Hong Kong's very expensive. London's very expensive. New York's very expensive. So, I mean, there's an ecosystem of, of people out there that live in expensive cities already that that uh, understand that it can come. And, and then it's, um, you know, it is being competitive on the salaries. It is being 
competitive on that flexibility of where they can live and work. So do they need to be, you know, if they don't have to be in the office five days a week and your office is downtown, I mean, that does open up the city a bit more in terms of where they might choose to live. Are employers looking at hiring talent where they wouldn't have to move to Vancouver necessarily? You know, could an yep. employer hire somebody who lives in another city or another country? No question. Uh, we've, we've had some uh, large companies in town who've done just that, right? Where maybe a couple of years ago, they would never have considered that or very reluctantly, right? They would have been like, well, you know, it's a great person, fine. Um, you know, we had one that uh, in tech space, I mean, just their CFO, um, based in the U S that's fine. Right. That nowadays they figure what's the difference really. And, uh, uh, so I would say it's not everybody, Bridget, right. It's, 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 it is client specific. It's probably role specific a little bit. Um, but there's an opportunity there for some businesses. I mean, if you don't need them here and they don't have to relocate, it opens it up. I will say that goes the other way too, though. What we're also seeing is, uh, bank Canadians generally, um, companies coming across the border and picking up talent and letting them stay where they are, you know? And so you're, you're, it works both ways, to be honest, where we're seeing uh, individuals take up roles that they probably would never have taken up previously because they can stay here or in Toronto or Calgary or wherever, uh, but work for a Texas based company or a San Fran based company or a Seattle based whatever. And, you know, and the U S companies tend to pay more and they've got the U S dollars to work with. So, uh, that the, com- the competition has increased as well, unfortunately. But for Vancouver businesses, it does open up an opportunity to potentially hire folks that don't have to move here or can move here but live, um, you know, in a, in a broader, greater Vancouver kind of area uh, and not have to come downtown, for example, every day. And so uh, there's definite advantages uh, there from a recruitment perspective. So given that there's much more competition, how do we begin to solve this labor shortage for our region? Well, if we had the answer to that, Bridget. <laughs> I, I think, I mean, uh, one of, around public uh, policy, um, you yeah. know, there's been a lot of discussion about immigration and we have to get yep. back to pre-pandemic levels or even higher. Um, and and then look at reskilling workers and ensuring that we are skilling for the right jobs and the right industries. But yep. what, what else are you hearing from clients about how we can work together to start to address this labor shortage? Yeah, well, and those are some. I, I think you'd, you'd hear that for sure. I mean, there's some of the things we were already talking about before. It's just now crunch time, unfortunately, has hit, right? And so the things that certainly the Board of Trade's been lobbying for on behalf of the business community for years around transportation, right? So that, you know, here I talk about people could maybe live a bit further out and don't have to commute as often, but they're still going to want to come in sometimes and they're not going to want to sit in traffic for two hours. And so what are the transit options? And what's the high-speed transit options that TransLink has? And so, you know, these things that we the crunch that everybody knows has been coming is now upon us even more so and sooner than we probably had hoped. And so it's unfortunate because some of those things aren't in place that we know we need from a transportation network perspective. Uh, you know, the housing, I mean, how, you know, we all know housing's a problem. Where's the new rental housing? You know, I mean, governments have the power to create more rental housing. They just have to incentivize the developers. And if they do that, they will build rental housing. It's pretty simple. If you don't have the incentives in place and you have too many roadblocks up, they don't build it. So it's not, you know, it's not magic. It's just, if you want them to build it, you got to make it so it makes sense. And so, um, you know, we're behind the ball ball on that. Governments are starting to move, right? We start to see some movement on that and you're starting to see new rental projects go up for the first time in a long time and big rental projects going up, right? And so they're starting to move on that and you're hearing some rattling and you're seeing things happening in other countries where higher levels of government are having to take this over to just make it happen and get away from some of the 
the more local level politics that stop these things. So, you know, it depends if people want to get serious. Um, I know there's been work done provincially and there's been ideas there and we're going to have to do that. But housing's the big one um, and transportation, right? And we know that we've talked about it for, for decades and it's not gotten a lot better. It's probably gotten worse in a lot of ways. And so it's going to put us at a competitive disadvantage. And you're right. I mean, back in 2018, you were on the the board of the Board of Trade when we put out the housing report and definitely attracting retaining talent was so correlated to housing. And it's something that uh, we will continue to talk about. Looking ahead now, so we are still in the pandemic. I think many of us thought by this point that we would be coming out the other side of it. But given where we are in the pandemic, given what we're seeing around some of the other kinds of factors that impact our economy, whether it's inflation, whether it's um, continuing to, to work remotely for so many people, what are you anticipating for the talent, uh, the labor shortage and attracting and rec- recruiting talent for 2022? Do you think we're going to see it get even worse before we start to see improvements or, or what are you forecasting for this year ahead? Yeah. I mean, I wish I could sound a positive note on this one. I don't want to be doomsday but it's going to be tough. I mean, I, our, our projections for 2022 are, it's going to be a real tough, I mean, the, people can dust off the war for talent book if they want and, and take a read through. And I'm sure that would give you a sense. I mean, it's going to be a real tough slog um, for a couple of reasons, because the immigration levels haven't returned. The, the mobility just have, isn't there. People are not moving around uh, and especially to big cities as much as they were. And so uh, one thing COVID has done at least for a while is people have kind of, um, you know, you, you, you're sticking closer to where, you know, or, or the people, you know, so you're either moving back you know, so that does work in our favor for people that want to return because they have family here and aging parents or other family members in Vancouver. Yeah, those people want to come back because it's been two years of maybe difficult for them to get here, wherever they are, right? It hasn't been an easy, whether you were in Toronto or Australia, it, you know, it, it's been, it, there's been friction to get to where you want to get to. So, but the problem is most people are where are already closer to home anyways. And so to get them to move now with the uncertainty is difficult. They don't, you know, uh, but if I, if I cross a border, I mean, if you're an American coming here, uh, that's a big decision. I mean, can I get back across the border? Will the rules change again? Can my family come visit? Can my, can I get home quickly if I need to? What if they, you know, so that's a, that's a big barrier to, to movement. Whereas before um, that wasn't, we had those conversations all the time. And there were lots of people who said, yeah, I'd love, that's a great event. I'd love to come to Vancouver for five years or, you know, take the family up and there was a lot more of that kind of spirit to it and now it's a like a very weighty decision like oh geez I sounds like a great opportunity but oh I don't know and I've got these aging parents and so I think it's gonna be tough Bridget I think 2022 is gonna be a a tough year from a from a labor shortage perspective uh, and uh, I think we will come out of it but I I, as I said earlier I think it's a 12 to 18 months still ahead of us of, of really tight a tight market with a what appears to be a growing economy. We'll see if that got sideswiped, that would change things, right? But if the economy keeps going, um, it's going to be tight. You know, you and I, for the last couple of years, have said many, many times in every crisis, there is opportunity. So let's end this on a positive <laughs> note, if you will, and look at the opportunity for our region and the opportunity for employers in our region. What would be your your piece of advice around that? Well, and I, I, th- I think lifestyle yeah, has become important. So look at what we have to offer. You know, what I, what I say to our clients is, it doesn't mean we shouldn't be recruiting and it doesn't mean we shouldn't try to build in. We do have something nice to offer here. Our province has, for the most part, managed through the crisis quite well. 
on a number of factors, right? Not everyone's going to agree with every piece, but if you look at our stats compared to a lot of other jurisdictions, our economy mostly did well um, and, and we were able to stay open. You also lived in a place where you could be outdoors a lot of the year. It's a beautiful place to be. Uh, so there's a lot of attractive parts to it. I mean, you could go skiing, you could be out in the water. We joked about that earlier, but you know, we take that for granted. That is a nice draw here. And so what I would, what I say to employers is, hey, we have a lot to offer. Uh, and, and we have a lot to offer of what people are actually looking for from a lifestyle perspective. And so, yes, it's an expensive city. And yes, you're going to have to be competitive on the salary side of things. But then look at all the other things that we do offer. And if you can offer a flexible work arrangement so that they can, you know, they can settle themselves somewhere that makes sense for them from a financial perspective and a housing perspective. We've got great schools. Uh, we've got a, a, you know, a, a wonderful environment for people to, to live and raise a family or, or whatever. It's a very active lifestyle. Uh, I, you know, BC is a, has a ton to offer potential employees, uh, both in Canada and across around the world. And so, you know, we need to get that message back out. Uh, we need to get the borders back open. We need to get people back in. But I mean, it's a, you know, it's a fabulous story that we have to tell here. And uh, we have our challenges, but other places have their challenges too. And we've got a lot of wonderful uh, positives as well. So uh, I encourage our, our, our clients to think broadly, to, to be out there comp competing with the best, because we can, we can do that. It's a global city. Uh, it's an internationally recognized city, uh, and so we should play to our advantages, and, and we should be able to recruit you know, top talent to the city. And we are seeing that. We are certainly seeing a lot of top talent come to our city. Brent, thank you so much for, for joining us today. It was really great to talk to you. Great to talk to you as well, Bridget. Thanks for having me. And Brent is the Vancouver Office Managing Partner and Board Chair for Boyden Canada and immediate past chair of the board here at the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. Thanks again, Brent. Thank you.